in 11, 1 to 13 is Solomon letting his foreign wives <coughs> corrupt him, really. He tried to please them. His heart was attached to them. And he start, so he started, you know, making uh, temples and altars to these gods and uh, even, uh, you know, basically facilitating idolatry for his wives, which you can't aid and abet idolatry. I mean, you're becoming a participant. You're having fellowship with that. You know, it was it really affected Solomon. He should have listened to what the Lord had said to Moses all along when God had said not to marry foreign wives. I mean, and he said it for that very reason. It'll take your heart away. You know, it's hard to be attached, be very close to somebody, and not that person have an influence on you. So, you know, he didn't listen to the Lord's warnings. He was wise, but wisdom, having wisdom and acting by wisdom are two different things. And he didn't act by it. As a result of that, you know, God t tells him that he's going to tear away all the kingdom except for the one tribe that he'll leave for Judah. And now, near perhaps the end of Solomon's reign, we see God raising up enemies uh, against Solomon. So 14 to 22. The Lord raised up an adversary to Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the royal line in Edom. For it came about when David was in Edom, and Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain and struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all Israel stayed there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. That Hadad fled to Egypt, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him, while Hadad was a young boy. And they arose from Midian and came to Paran, and they took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him food and gave him land. Now Hadad found great favor before Pharaoh, so that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Taphnes, the queen. And the sister of Taphnes bore him, bore his son uh, Ginnabath, whom Taphnes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And Ginnabath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Send me away, that I may go to my own country. And Pharaoh said to him, But what have you lacked with me, that, behold, you are seeking to go to your own country? And he answered, Nothing. Nevertheless, he must surely let me go. Okay. So, here's Hadad. Uh, he's a what? Edomite. He's an Edomite. And um, Joab has gone to uh, strike down the Edomites. And uh, what does Hadad do not to be killed? Goes to Egypt. And how does he? How does Pharaoh treat him? Really does. Yeah. Gives him a wife and house and food and land and the whole nine yards. Hey Dad really seemed to like, or Pharaoh seemed to really like Hey Dad, which is uh, interesting. Uh, that's Blue Van. Um, yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, and then when uh, eventually Hadad asked Pharaoh to do what? Go back home. Yeah, and Pharaoh was reluctant. You know, what have you lacked with me? Why are you seeking to go back home? But he said, well, not anything, but I still really want to go back home. Now, 
this this uh, this guy Hey Dad, does he remind you of anybody in the Bible? Yes. Good. Um. Who? Um. A very well known somebody. It makes me think of Laban was with them, but whoever the other person was, uh, Jacob. Okay, I think we can come up with a stronger parallel. Actually, there's a couple. There's, that go, there's a couple. Go to Egypt and then go back Joseph home. and Jesus. Joseph, Jesus. Yeah, Joseph certainly going to Egypt, receiving favor from Pharaoh, having a Egyptian wife, you know, who bears a son, you know, getting blessings from Pharaoh and so forth. You know, Moses in one sense, because he went back to Egypt and wanted the people to let him go, there's kind of just some undertones of some of those uh, people. Now, you know, think about this. What is Pharaoh doing? I mean, I thought Solomon more or less had an alliance with Pharaoh, Come on, didn't he? Open the door. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we could. Hello. You just barge oh, in here. Sit on the step. Go right ahead. Oh, have no, a seat. Have a seat. <laughs> Good to see you. Thank you. Welcome. Okay. We are in First oh, Kings eleven. We just started. Have some. Of this thing to the you know what is what is Pharaoh doing? Sort of harboring Solomon's enemies. You know, I mean, you would have thought Pharaoh would have favored Solomon because he still married his. Yeah, I mean that. You, you know, that seemed to almost be Solomon's favorite wife. So it's kind of interesting. You can't really trust Pharaoh. You know, is he kind of uh, playing both sides of the fence here or whatever? It's just interesting that Pharaoh would be in this role of kind of offering asylum to an enemy of Israel. Thoughts and comments? Well, it wasn't... Okay, so Hadad was a boy when he fled. Yes. David was still king. Correct. And so Hadad has been raised in an Egyptian household, so to speak. Yes. So, I mean, that it's almost like that happened before the the marriage of Solomon and what well, could, could be, I guess, not necessarily because... Yeah. Well, you know, Hadad may have fled there. I don't know about when Pharaoh started favoring him. Yeah. But yeah, he definitely hedging his bets or... Hey, kind of playing both sides. Expanding his territory by... May make you wonder how valuable it was to Solomon to make this alliance with Pharaoh if you can't really trust Egypt to uh, stay with you. But then on the other hand, what does Hadad have to offer or what to, to Pharaoh? I mean, he's fleeing with, what, a few men and he's just a kid and... Yeah. You know, so Pharaoh. I mean, you look at this little measly group and thinking, oh, you know, is this going to be a, uh, you know, a force for Solomon to contend with when he owns most of the territory? Maybe not, but he's an Edomite. And Edomites are always pains in the neck. So I don't see. Well, although he's he's of the royal line, so you've got you've got an obvious heir, and if Egypt wants to make a move, they can back the heir of Edom 
I mean, against whoever as an excuse, if you want to... Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe I don't maybe. view any of these adversaries of Solomon as, like, major threats to his kingdom. I mean, Solomon is, he's pretty dominant. They're more, you know, just annoying factors and and maybe ultimately destabilizing factors as Solomon dies and the kingdom's passed on. But, uh, you know, it's not like there's perfect peace at the end of Solomon's reign. There are some uh, dissidents. Would Pharaoh even have that much to do with Solomon? I mean, he's daughter's married to him, but wouldn't he have had a lot of daughters? Well, he may have. I don't know. Yeah. And then, where did... Well, where did the Edomites... What about the rest of them? <laughs> Where's he going to go back to? Hmm. What? <laughs> uh, there were later Edomites, so I don't know if we can press this to exterminate the country. I don't know if he just killed all the men. Um, you well, know, even earlier it said that David made them slaves. Right. The Edomites. Right. Yeah. So I don't know where he goes back to or exactly how that works. I wonder if it's the same Pharaoh. That I don't know either, but you would think it might not be since it's not the same ruler in Israel. And... A little later in the chapter, we have the king of Egypt. Is that something different? I don't think so. I would assume the king in Egypt is the pharaoh. But he has a name. Shashak, yeah. Shashak. Shashak was a pharaoh. Okay. Well, things to think about, at least with that. Uh, next adversary, 23 to 25. God also raised up another adversary to him, Rezon the son of Iliada, who had fled from his lord Hadadazer, king of Zobah. He gathered men to himself and became leader of a marauding band after David slew them of Zobah. And he went to Damascus and stayed there and reigned in Damascus. So he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, along with the evil that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Aaron. All right, so here is another adversary, Rezin. What area is he from? Zoba. <laughs> what are we dealing with there? What direction from Israel? I have a note that says north. North, yeah. This is up there toward the Euphrates River. You know, I don't know about Zoba so much, but Hadadezer was up there, Damascus was up there. So going up toward the Euphrates from Israel. And this guy gathered some men and became the leader of a marauding band. I mean, I take it just a, you know, a, a band of raiders that, you know, are annoying and keep making raids into Israel or whatever. You know, he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, and he hated Israel. Not that, I mean, these guys are not going to overthrow Solomon's government. But they make life less pleasant. Thoughts and comments on him? Well, the third one is by far the most significant for uh, the follow-up story, 26 to 40.
Then Jeroboam the son of Nebat, and Ephraim might have Zeredah, Solomon's servant, whose name, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also rebelled against the king. Now this was the reason why he rebelled against the king. Solomon built the, the Milo and closed up the breach of the city of his father David. Now the man Jeroboam was a valiant warrior, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he appointed him over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. It came about at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him on the road. Now Ahijah had clothed himself with a new cloak, and both of them were alone in the field. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak which was on him and tore it in twelve pieces. He said to Jeroboam, Take for yourselves ten pieces, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. Behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and give you ten tribes. But he will have one tribe for the sake of my father David and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen from all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me and have worshipped uh, Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, uh, Chemosh, the god of Moab, and Milcom, the god of the sons of Ammon. And they have not walked in my ways, doing ways, doing what is right in my sight, and observing my statutes and my ordinances, as his father David did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I chose, who observed my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom from his son's hand and give it to you, even ten tribes. But to his son I will give one tribe, that my servant David may have a lamp before me, may have a lamp always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen for myself to put my name. I will take you, and you shall reign over whatever you desire, and you shall be king over Israel. Then it will be that if you listen to all that I command you, and walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight by observing my statutes and my commandments, as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build you an enduring house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you. Thus I will afflict the descendants of David for this, but not always. Solomon sought therefore to put Jeroboam to death. But Jeroboam <coughs> arose and fled to Egypt to Shishak, king of Egypt, and he was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Alright, so here's Jeroboam, an Ephraimite. And he's actually got a position in Solomon's administration. You know, he's a valiant warrior, he's industrious, and Solomon has made him what? Head of the slaves. Exactly. You know, he's the head of the draft. And the, uh, you know, those who have to work for Solomon. So Solomon has recognized his uh, capability and was using him in his administration. However, he rebels against Solomon. And that's in connection with this encounter he has with Ahijah. Who's Ahijah? Yeah, Hijah's a prophet, and they meet each other uh, on the road, and uh, both of them were in a field there by the road, and uh, Ahijah took uh, a this new cloak, and what does he do with it? Rips it up. Into 12 pieces. And what does he do with that? gives... Jeroboam, he gives ten pieces to Jeroboam, which meant what? He'd get ten tribes. He gets ten tribes, yeah. God is going to tear the kingdom out of uh, Solomon's successor's hand, 
and give 10 of the 12 tribes to Jeroboam. Does tearing the cloak remind you of anything? Tearing the bowl into 12 pieces and the uh, concubine into 12 pieces. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anytime a cloak was torn? Samuel and Saul. Yes, remember when Saul grabbed Samuel's cloak and tore it? And Samuel said, that's the kingdom we torn away from you. And so there's that kind of a precedent. In fact, there are several parallels between um, Jeroboam and, uh, you know, some things that with David and Saul. Um, but this, this means that Jeroboam is going to eventually become the king over the 10, ten of the 12 tribes. Um, and, and God is doing that because they have forsaken me and uh, have worshipped the other gods. Now notice a passage like uh, 6.13. In 1 Kings 6.13, God says, I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. That's 6.13. God vows not to forsake them, but they turn around and forsake him. Now it's amazing God won't forsake his people because they really deserve to be forsaken. It is incredible that his people, people would forsake him of all the stupid things to do. You've got a close relationship with a God, the creator of the universe, and you forsake him. That's what they did to worship idols. And so, that's, that's the, what God shows Jeroboam. What does God tell Jeroboam about his future potential? It's limitless. What, what could happen? It, it sounds like it would he would build a dynasty through Rehoboam. No, through Jeroboam, yes. Yeah. Yes, God is saying, if you'll be faithful to me, I'll make you a, a dynasty. I'll make you a continuing uh, series of kings. Just like I'm doing for David, I'll do for you. Jeroboam can be the northern kingdom's David. And, and on the throne of Judah, the the descendants of David reigned for the whole time. And so that's the potential. I mean, wow, this is amazing, amazing opportunity uh, that he has, you know, to be able to gain this kind of uh, potential, this kind of, uh, you know, uh, wow. Uh, all he has to do is be faithful to God. I mean, he's giving up a lot if he turns away from the Lord when he's been promised all this. Thoughts and comments? Again, we got the king trying to put the successor to death. <laughs> yes, exactly. Jero, Jero, Solomon tries to kill him. So, what does Jero, what does Jeroboam do? Runs to Egypt. Hmm. Seems to be the place for the enemies of Israel. You know, go seek asylum in Egypt. Um, so that he does that until Solomon dies. You know, he doesn't come back out of Egypt until Solomon. We are in, near the end of First uh, Kings 11. Comments and questions? Interesting with their enemies, they got the north, south, and now exact, directly in the middle with Ephraim. So when God gets somebody's enemies, he gets them from all over <laughs> and completely surrounds and overtakes the people. Mm -hmm. Good point. All right, uh, 41 to 43. 
Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon and whatever he did and his wisdom are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon. Thus the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of his father David, and his son Rehoboam reigned in his place. So there you have it, the end of Solomon's reign. What would you say, if you had to summarize Solomon's reign, what would you say? Good start, bad finish. <laughs> yeah, good start, bad finish. What else? A lot of wisdom, didn't use as much. Unfulfilled potential. Yeah. You know, it's really kind of tragic. I mean, because Solomon started out so well and could have done so much. But really, in the end, he just sowed the seeds for taking, you know, five-sixths of his kingdom away. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. Other questions or comments on chapter 11? Do we know where this book of the Acts of Solomon is? I don't. I don't think anybody does. There's two books of Acts. Oh, there's, there's some other Acts too. Really? We'll call them Axes, I guess. Okay. Well, chapter 12, we see um, after 